Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. It is week 29. Happy New Year, Ivana. It is. It's the New Year. This is the most remarkable thing about you Every single year, every September when it's back to school, you immediately get into a new year phase because you will never acknowledge the new year being actually in January. Exactly. The new year starts after Labor Day. So like Tuesday after Labor Day is the first day of the new year every year. I don't understand how you how you can think that though. The easiest way to explain it is that actually feels like you're starting something new at that time every year uh and also most of our lives we've gone to school and the new year is the new school year at the end of summer you go back to school and also there's something about that particular time of year it's like all of a sudden a flip a switch is flipped and the weather starts to change and it starts to become fall. Which is amazing. Both it actually, of me, it's bittersweet to me. It, I love for me, fall. I love it. I love fall. Because I take full advantage of fall. This weekend has been a cooler weekend in Toronto and I am loving every second of it. We walked to a pub nearby and that was amazing. Did you because sit on the patio? There was no patio. It was beautiful. We got to go inside and be cozy and snug and have a real fall kind of lunch. Ooh, does that mean you had butternut squash soup? I had soup. I've had soup the last two days because it's so fall weather soup. Um, But we are going to get that hot weather actually coming back. There is nothing like a good Indian summer. Is that what an Indian summer is? Yeah, it's summer in the fall. After... Labor Day weekend. Oh, I had no idea that that's what that was called. Mm-hmm. Now, before we start the podcast, I do have to say a very special thank you to an important person. And I know that this person listens because he gives me his feedback all of the time. Chris, without you, buddy, we actually wouldn't be able to sound as good as we do. So that's Chris, a fact. Chris used to be a podcaster and he lent us the new mics that we are enjoying so much and we never actually properly said thank you. We all you keep hearing we have these new mics now. We have these new mics. Well, Chris, it's because you you're lending them to us and we we, we really appreciate it. We love them so much. So thank you for uh, letting us borrow them. And we really just wanted to say thank you in this podcast. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Chris, if you're up for it. We would love to have you be our first podcast guest and perhaps participate in either a battle or a top three turf war. I think that is an amazing idea. So I I know he's going to listen to this tomorrow. (laughs) So hopefully he he reaches out and goes, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, So and then we'd have our first official guest. Mm -hmm. So it would be very, very cool. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) This section may have spoilers. It's time for another top three turf war. What the hell? You know this is my intro. All of these are always my intro. No, that's not true. You may have claimed. No, this is my claim. Nerd battle, but I don't think that you've claimed top three turf war. It's time for a top three turf war. 
<laughs> and this week we are going back to school and we actually had some stipulations on this. So we're going to talk about some school movies that make our top threes and they all have to take place in school because I was like, oh, I can't hardly wait. I love that movie. But, but it's not really about school. It's about graduating and it takes place at a house party. The whole thing is a party at a house. So that also knocked my my absolute number one out of the running, which is Dazed and Confused. The whole thing takes place after after school has ended. Exactly. So it doesn't fit into this. So this is going back to school. Jay, what is your number three movie? Okay, my number three movie is going to come to no surprise if you are a long-time listener of this podcast. It is American Pie. This is a movie where they make a pact to you know, lose their V-cards by the end of the year. And it's all at school. It's totally set in school. And what, one thing I really love about that movie is the fact that it is the first movie to bring about, about the concept of becoming totally and utterly embarrassed via social media. I mean, did that make your list? No. Oh, what's your number three? <laughs> My number three is Charlie Bartlett. Oh my gosh, that movie's so good. I it's don't even know. I didn't even think movie. about it. I didn't even think about Charlie Bartlett. The reason why I like Charlie Bartlett is that it is also about a guy who's a new kid. It takes place over the course of the year. And, and it, you love Anton Yelkin. I love Anton Yelkin. And like, or Yelchin. I'm not sure how you actually say his name. No idea how you say his name. Doesn't really matter. He's brilliant. It was also a comeback movie for Robert Downey Jr. And... On top of everything, I thought the movie was out of the box and really had a mind towards what it is like to be a high school student. And I love that he became like the shrink for all the kids. He is absolutely the most likable high school student in that film. I can't think of another movie where you are so on side, maybe with the exception of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. True. Very true. But again, that's all about skipping school. It doesn't really I know it doesn't apply here. I yeah. totally get it. All right. My number two, can I tell you? Go for it. Because I know I want to watch your face as I say it. The Breakfast Club. Ugh. <laughs> See, now I've known Ivana hates The Breakfast Club for a really, really long time. It's like time. the worst movie ever made. And I love The Breakfast Club. How I think can it possibly be number two? It all takes place in a school. You have to admit. I'm not saying that it doesn't take place in a school. I'm saying that if it's going to make your list, which I disagree with at all, give it number three. No way. American Pie is better. No. The Breakfast Club is one of those quintessential films where you can find yourself in at least one of the five characters. Are you kidding me? No one I am can not find kidding themselves. You. Who are you? Who are you? Me? Yeah. Who I, are you? I am clearly a mix of Bender and the Geek. You're absolutely not a mix of those characters. You're nothing like either of those characters at all. First of all, Bender is anti-distance, anti-establishment, <laughs> however you would say that. Okay. All right. Let's skip this and come back because I want to know what your number two is. I can tell you one thing. It's not The Breakfast Club. It's not The Breakfast Club, nor can I identify with any of those characters. I don't know. You're kind of a basket case. Stupid Ali Sheedy. I'm not <laughs> running around putting my my hair on my face and wearing black and being like, oh, me, I'm so sad. But she's not even that sad. And you're definitely Molly Ringwald. I am not the princess. You both have red hair. That's fact. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two is Dead Poet Society. Wow. Okay, that was... 
on my list, on my short list. It's amazing. Robin Williams makes that movie amazing. And it's all about learning. It's actually an education film. Yeah. I know. I know. That's very... I'm glad it's on the... Okay. All right. But I don't... Ah, it's, okay. We'll I'm, get there. We'll get there. Yeah. My number one movie on my list, 10 Things I Hate About You. <gasps> my number one movie is 10 Things Brandon! I Hate About You. Yes. <laughs> All right, so can we talk about it just for a minute? Yeah, let's okay, talk so, about it. All right, 10 Things I Hate About You. It's based on The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. But the best part of it is you get every high school movie trope. You get the the shy, reluctant hero in Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. But then you get the super weirdo who is Heath Ledger, but really endearing yeah he's so endearing you also get the guy who's just super vain oh my gosh and his name is escaping me right now but he's like uh he was on boy meets world i think andrew, andrew keegan, keegan. <laughs> whatever happened to him i also love the female leads of julia styles and larissa liniac they are these two polar opposite sisters who you can't help but love. And you love both of them for both of their different ways. And I love the the lessons that they learn in the end. Like Julia Stiles learns that just because something bad happened to her does not mean that her sister will fall through the same mistakes that she went through. And that you have to let go of the people who are younger than you and let them make their own mistakes and live their own lives because they're different people. And I think that's an amazing lesson. And even though Larissa Liniac fights her sister on it, she still Bianca's out and beats the crap out of Andrew Keegan yeah, like for she hurting her sister. She does not fall for the things that her sister fell for. And it... it and so she, in her own way, was stronger. Also, I mean, come on, David Crumholtz. Oh, he is so funny. When he's talking about the prophylactics and all that kind of stuff, he is, I think, one of my favorite actors of all time. And he was fantastic in that movie. I still, from time to time, say, I have a dick on my face, don't I, in awkward situations. Yeah. <laughs> this is easy. 10 Things I Hate About You is our number one pick. Yeah. Uh, you cannot get better... Than a movie that takes a Shakespeare story and makes it accessible for youth. How hard was it for you to keep Clueless off your list? Extremely hard. <laughs> I really loved Clueless, but to me, Clueless is a teen movie and not a high school movie. I and so agree. it doesn't belong in this list. I totally agree. Okay, so number two spot. Uh, I mean, The Breakfast Club is... It's the worst movie ever made. It's such a relatable thing There's to be labeled relatable in, in high that movie. school it's as not, one of these people. Nobody is one of these people, especially not anymore. Any new modern movie talks about the fact that we are not two-dimensional weirdo cutouts like The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club sucks balls. It does not deserve oh, to be on this list. Oh my God, of course it deserves to be on this no list. No way. Everybody who's in high school now, even if high school has changed and... We've talked about it on this podcast a number of times. We do believe that high school has changed and people are more accepting and social norms are way different from when we were in the 90s and especially from when this film was made in the 80s. But you can still see bits and pieces of yourself in all five of these characters. I absolutely disagree. I cannot relate to any of these characters and that is exactly why this movie sucks. You know who I can't it relate to? Who? Rich, preppy boys who all go to the dead poet society school those people are well off and they get the best top class education these are not 
average kids. But that that movie is not about relating to kids. That movie is about school and learning. And this is a back to school segment. You cannot tell me that invoking and finding love for writers throughout history is not something that is important. That is that is the whole point of learning. That's the point of school. And so the Dead Poet Society isn't about relating to rich kids. It is about relating to learning, relating to stories. We are people who constantly watch movies, read books, all that kind of stuff. Seize the day. Tomorrow you could be dead. Also, I mean... Learn that from Buffy, not necessarily Dead Poet Society. Although Carpe Diem, yes, I learned from Robin Williams. And I mean, I guess on the flip side of the argument... Maybe Dead Poet Society is more about relating to that favorite teacher you had. That's and what the movie's that, about. And how it gives you someone to aspire to and learn from. Okay, fuck. I'm, I'm totally helping your case. I know. The, and this is the back to school movie. And it's the only movie on our list that's really about school and teachers. And teachers are a big part of school. And that's why I think it deserves the number two spot. If we put it in the number two spot, Breakfast Club's taking three. I'm not necessarily going to. You should agree to that. No. Be, well, no. Let's put it in number two spot and give Breakfast Club. It, it's in contention for number three. I don't. I, okay. All I, right. Uh, we can discuss all, right. all the rest of the movies for number three. Okay. Let's talk about all three other films for number three. Because Dead Poets Society, you're right, is about education. And, and yeah, it's a you, pretty you, prolific you, you are right. Okay. So I will put that at number two. So now. Number Tell me why spot. Charlie Bartlett beats out Breakfast Club because you can't. Are you kidding me? You can't. Charlie Bartlett is exactly the antithesis of Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is about kids whining about their perceptions and their labels and how they're much more deep than their labels. But in reality, they're not. It's a story about acceptance. Charlie Bartlett is a story about acceptance. Charlie Bartlett is a, is about a kid who really just wants to be liked by everybody. And what do you he think makes acceptance everyone is? love him think? by becoming a drug dealer. Uh, a therapist. A drug dealer. A therapist. Come on. It's such a smarter movie. Then what about American Pie? I will. I, I agree that American Pie is much better than, than Charlie Bartlett. No, than Breakfast Club. It's better than Charlie Bartlett. I, I would I would battle which gets number three, American Pie or Charlie Bartlett because American Pie, on a point to you really Pie, you have it in for Breakfast Club. Fucking hate Breakfast you, Club. I mean, it's a bad movie. Uh, it is so the opposite of Deep. Attempts to do it and Pie, fails. But I would say American Pie shows you a a better understanding of the actual school system and, and actual real life kind of kids just going to high school. And yeah, sex is a huge it part of It is a huge part school. of it. And the other thing that I like about American Pie and why I think that it deserves number three way more than freaking Breakfast Club, American Pie, you have some arguments to be said because first of all, especially nowadays, technology, social media, and all those things are a bigger and bigger part of our lives. And we cannot pretend that that doesn't exist. And even though Charlie Bartlett came after American Pie, it basically pretends that social media doesn't exist. That is true. What American Pie does, which admittedly I might be giving it its the number three spot right now. It sounds like it. It 
it actually just shows students as they are in school. Like, for example, Allison Hannigan, she is the band geek, but she's not like wearing nerd glasses and looking like a traditional geek. She looks like what band geeks look like at my school. And they weren't that geeky, but they were in bands. So you were kind of like, hey, band geek. But that didn't mean that you couldn't be friends with them. And that didn't mean that they weren't invited to parties. I mean, we've kind of gone long on this segment. So I think. I think it we, wins. We, I, number think, three. I think American Pie gets in number. Th- so, do you want to? I'll do the little drum roll, and you can do the one, two, three. So at three, three. Number three, best back to school movie, American Pie. Number two. Number two, best back to school movie. It was yours. It was Dead Poets. Dead Poets Society. <laughs> and the number one film. 10 Things I Hate About You. There are your top three back-to-school movies. It's time for Reddit Advice Corner. And today we're helping out You Don't Know Me. So You Don't Know Me is a lady. That is correct. And here is her story. So I've been married for a whopping four months. About two months into my marriage, I traveled to a foreign country and absolutely fell in love. The second I saw foreign guy, I felt this hugely strong connection that I can't describe other than I was meant to meet this person. We had the best sex I've ever had in my life. I've never felt that comfortable and right with someone sexually. And I had absolutely no reservations about what I was doing. At the time, I thought that this was just going to be a one-night stand and that I would feel guilty about it, but that was far from the truth. Foreign guy found me on Facebook, and we've been talking ever since. I'd consider a move after a while or do what I could to get him to the U.S. I can only think of him. As you might imagine, things with my husband have been pretty crappy. I'm disengaged, moody, etc. Everything he does gets on my nerves. The only thing that is making me think that it is better to stay with my husband is that the social ramifications would be embarrassing. What do you do? Wow, that is an interesting prediction. We've never handled something this insane before. We've never actually given advice to the cheater before. I know. I, I mean... My mind immediately goes to judgment here. I I think that I'm curious because how little of this talks about the relationship with the husband. Clearly, social ramifications are something in her life. She is worried about what everybody in her life thinks of her. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds to me like the marriage is on its way to ending Uh, and this is actually has nothing to do with this other person I don't know how much you're actually in love with this person or if they are a symbol for you because you're unhappy in your marriage that's what I'm getting I'm shocked that it took two months of being married with this person to go out and cheat on them and you you mentioned this so cavalier in this story, it's just like, how many other times have you cheated on this guy? I, I don't. I think this is her first time cheating, to be honest. I mean, you hear stories about people meeting and seeing each other and being like, this is the person that's meant for me. But you don't hear about that very much once they're married. I mean, when you agree to marry someone, 
that's when you're supposed to ask the big question. Am I going to be happy with this person for the rest of my life? And if the answer is no, you don't go down that aisle. You don't go down that road. And you have a whole year usually when you're engaged to back out if you have to. I just get this feeling that this is an infatuation with this other man. And you always have to think about things like you're a U.S. citizen. What country is he from? Is foreign guy using you to become a U.S. citizen? I thought of that too. And the other thing is, I even think that foreign guy is an out. I think that the true problem is that you don't want to be with your husband. And it's easier to be infatuated with this other man rather than deal with the reality of you made a mistake and you married someone that maybe you shouldn't have. Clearly, you have to tell your husband. I mean, I think that's step one. Yeah. Tell I think your that you husband have to... this happened and that you really are into this other person and you want to know where he stands. He's going to be devastated. You're only four months into your marriage, but maybe he's having reservations too. Maybe he is not thrilled with how disengaged and moody and everything you are. And you have mentioned that the two of you don't have a very good sex life, and I'm sure that he's thinking about that too. So there's probably a lot of things that are remaining unsaid that perhaps the real answer is for you guys to say them, to Clearly, say them out loud and talk about it. And We talk about it a lot on this podcast that communication is one of the most important things for every relationship. So I would start there. Hope uh, hope this helps you. You don't know me. And feel free to uh, reach out to us and let us know an update of how things are going. It's time for a trailer trash. This week, we are talking about a brand new trailer for the Lance Armstrong biopic called The Program. And this one stars Ben Foster, Chris O'Dodd, um, Dustin Hoffman's in there. It looks like a pretty big cast and it's by... The director who did The Queen. So they're pretty good at biopics already. This movie looks unbelievable. I think that director Stephen Frears is going to finally pluck Ben Foster from the obscure and put him directly where he belongs in the A-list. I don't think Ben Foster wants to be an A-list. But he's so talented. It's not about what he wants at this point. I get that he wants to have a normal life, but he's the most talented actor. He's incredibly talented. So Ben Foster is going to be playing Lance Armstrong, and it's all about the addiction or... Also the power. The, the, the power he has, the passion he has to win, and everything that he'll do to win. It looks incredible. If you haven't seen it yet, you can pause this podcast right now. Hit the link to YouTube. Take a watch and then come back. Gosh, Ben Foster. He's I don't I don't know that there is a better actor out there out right now. I have loved Ben Foster since he was on a small Vancouver TV series uh, called Flash Forward, where he starred next to. Oh, wow. Um, I pen paled with her when I was a kid, actually. She was in Firefly. Um, oh, my gosh. I know who you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I remember her name? Yeah, we used to we pen paled and she was talking about how she was going to be at the Juno Awards one time and it was in Toronto and we were going to get together. Jewel State? Jewel State. Yes, that's her. Yeah, this actually happened. This is a true story. People, I communicate with celebrities J. August Richards from freaking Angel? Gun from Angel? Yeah, he tweeted me today. No big deal. You know what? 
we got to mention that, that that he should listen to this podcast for his shout out. J. August Richards, you got to listen to this podcast. Plus, you're awesome. You're awesome. Super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good or bad that we are making so many true life events so quickly after they've happened? Like, think of Citizen Four coming out after uh, Edward Snowden had to basically was exiled from the States. We've got three Steve Jobs movies, The Social Network, that came out maybe four years after Facebook. I know. I think it's really interesting how we're throwing out these biopics quicker and quicker and quicker. And I think that maybe that's a response to our times. I think it might be because if you remember back um, to September 11th, 2001, when uh, the World Trade Center events happened, there was no one willing to touch that for a good good while Mm -hmm. and when the first movie came out which i think was called world trade center people were in an uproar that this had happened far too soon uh and i believe that was an oliver stone movie actually now that i think about it i'll have to check that so do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing ivana i'm torn when the social network first came out i thought Way too soon. Not cool. You got to wait for the person to die before you can do a biopic about them. But then the movie was really good and really honest. I mean, Social Network's one of my favorites. And so I think that it depends on the movie. For example, right now there are three Steve Jobs movies, but none of them are hitting home, so they keep making them. And I feel like that is actually negative towards his legacy so steve jobs that's coming out this winter is directed by danny boyle and written by aaron sorkin to me that's a home run it stars michael fassbender who may not look exactly like steve jobs but damn it i want to see that film and aaron sorkin i mean anything he does i want to see it however the film jobs that was starring ashton kutcher that came out you know, Becky and I were just so-so on that when we saw it. When he, not his performance. His performance really was amazing. I'm actually shocked at how good he was in that movie. Me too. Uh, but when it came down to the actual quality of the, the story, the story wasn't really there. I didn't really care. To I be know. Completely honest. I didn't care. And it might be because it's so soon after his death. And it might also be that they're not talking about the stuff that we're really interested in knowing about him it'll be very interesting to see this new biopic on steve jobs um but can we can we plan right now to make a date for the program i like it all right i want to see it so so bad definitely we'll go see it so i just introduced jay to my favorite new app flux and i'm running it on my computer right now it looks kind of neat So what Flux is, is it's an app that you can add on your PC or your Mac or even your Linux machine, I believe, but I'm making a guess on that one. Um, And it actually syncs itself up with the time zone that you live in, as long as you provide that information and the time that the sun rises and the time that the sun sets. So our computer screens are actually calibrated to like daylight. Always daylight. So Always if daylight. you are up at three in the morning. You do not want that daylight brightness shining into your face. And what Flux does is as soon as the sun starts to set, 
it slowly adds this like warm cast to your screen. So it makes everything look a little bit like, I don't know, reddish. If you've ever read anything on your tablet in like an e-reader, there's always that sort of sepia look that uh, you, yeah. you can turn to. And that is what my computer screen has done. It is a less uh, harsh setting at this point. And I got to say, what a great little free app. So it's F.Lux. Yeah, you can just literally Google it. Um, I recommend that you get the actual app from F.Lux and not any sort of Chrome add-on. And that way it'll just cast your entire screen into a nice little warm hue. And actually, what's interesting is the people who created this were people who are techies like me and you who are just constantly on our devices and they realize that there's a lot of studies out there that talk about how our sleep is disrupted. And having all these blue lights in our faces is actually really bad for our sleep and for us to become more productive as human beings. And there's actually a whole bunch of scientific articles on that website that you can check out. I got to be honest with you. I love how science you are. Yeah. <laughs> It's time for my favorite new segment, and we're doing it until all the shows have come out, and that is Series Survival. And our first show is Ash versus Evil. That's right, Bruce Campbell is back as Ash, and I know you have to be excited because when we did our top three Turf War sequels edition, you put Evil Dead 2 on your list. I did, and I cannot wait for this television to come out, and... I believe it's going to last. Whoa, whoa. Okay, well, I think it's going to last because the network is stars. stars. So I feel like, yes, people are going to, new people who don't normally watch stars are definitely going to come and see that I think this show. is stars' attempt to get in on programming. And I so agree. this is their flagship program, similar to what Mad Men did for AMC. And so, of course, it's going to stick around. Yeah, I don't see a problem with this one. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. It looks like it takes into account all of that good, evil, dead bank and like all the comedy and comedy and the gore. Oh my gosh, does it look gory for television? I'm so excited for that. Yeah, for sure. So this one to me comes out Halloween. It is an instant 100%. I'm going to watch it. And I think fans of Evil Dead are going to watch it. I don't. And I think See that Evil it. Dead is going to find a resurgence for the kids that didn't watch it. And they're like, I what agree. the hell is this Evil Dead crap? Absolutely. I so, think this one's going to stick around. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're for the long haul. OK, next up, The Grinder from Fox. This one stars Fred Savage and Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe is a TV actor who played a lawyer on a television show for eight seasons. Fred Savage is a real life lawyer. And their father is a real life lawyer. And their father and their brothers and their father is a real life lawyer. So when the grinder, which is the TV series Rob Lowe was on, ends, he's like, what do I do with my life now? Well, maybe I become a real life lawyer. And Fred Savage kind of, I guess, is taking him under his wing I, to I, show him the ropes. I don't even know if that's the case. Like, first of all, fantastic trailer. This show totally going to last. Oh, I, I don't think so. What? I think this show is going down. What? Yeah, I don't see Fox re-upping it. Oh my gosh. I think that Fox is so excited. They are putting a lot of advertising into the show and for good reason. I think it's going to be funny, but I think they've done it 
the the buddy lawyer show has been done better with like Franklin and Bash and that I love, would never have made it onto Fox. And I feel like that's similar to what I this is. I love Franklin and Bash, but this is going to be better than Franklin and whoa, Bash. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Franklin and Bash starts freaking Zach Morris and Brecken Meyer. There I know. is nothing that will be better lawyer wise than that show. But they're real lawyers. This isn't about real lawyers. This is about an actor who says, I'm going to become a lawyer. And his brother, who is a lawyer, says, so you're going back to law school. And the actor says, no, I don't need that. I don't think I need I to do that. I picked things up while acting like a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. I say it makes it the full season, but doesn't get a second. That's what I'm saying. I say this is going to be a five season show. All right. Our number three is Scream Queens. This is a new Ryan Murphy vehicle. Now, if you don't know who Ryan Murphy is, he did Glee and American Horror Story. So this is basically Glee and American Horror Story kind of thrown into the mix as one show. Again, the network is Fox. It's Fox. But this show stars Emma Roberts, Leah Michelle, Nick Jonas, Abigail Breslin. I mean, come Huge on. Huge stars. Huge stars. And... Emma Roberts, I will say this. My favorite character that she's done on American Horror Story was in Coven. She's very good in Coven as the as the witch in training. Yeah, and she's kind of like this starlet who has an attitude. And this is a similar kind of character. And I and she's brilliant as that type of character. Like but she really who is. Who we haven't mentioned is Jamie Lee Curtis is like dean of all students at this college, and all of a sudden people start getting picked off, kind of like Scream. Uh, and it feels like it has the same kind of comedy and same kind of horror as a Scream movie does. Yeah, it does have that sort of self-aware meta thing going on for it. So, what do you think? Does is Scream Queens going to make it a full season? Absolutely. Scream Queens is going to be good three to four season long show similar to Glee. Uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Then at some point it's going to miss its mark. I feel like that's what Ryan Murphy kind of does. He starts with this great concept, but he doesn't necessarily know how to make it long lived. What I hope he does with Scream Queens is let it be a shorter show. I hope I'm kind of with you. I wish that more shows took the anthology approach. And exactly. I kind of want this to be a standalone season and the next season, Scream Queens at another college or, or a different year or something. With You can bring the people back if you want, but sort of in the same vein as American Horror, American Story, Horror Story and yeah. Fargo. See, what I'm thinking though with it is this seems to, for me, have this potential of being four seasons long and then it's over. I mean, this is an interesting one because it's a whodunit show. And whodunit shows, like, they don't necessarily go more than a year because you have to show us whodunit at the end of your season. But, I mean, they did a good job with Pretty Little Liars, like, milking that. I have to watch that show. I haven't seen it. You know what? Neither have I. Oh, my God. How are you even quoting this to me? I just know about you it. You are just that much a TV snub. We're going to have to do that in an upcoming episode. That's true, but not next episode. Not next episode. Because next week we are watching, in my opinion, one of the greatest television shows to hit the screen since, I don't know, the 2000s. <laughs> this is such a wildly... Oh, 
This is such a wildly talked about show at the moment. It is everywhere. It is on iTunes. It's on uh, Google Play as one of the new and notable. It is Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, the show that every podcast that talks about television and movies is, is talking, talking about. about right now. So, of course, we, we got to get We are talking in the about it. And, and I can't wait to talk about it. By the time that we we actually talk about it, I'll probably have seen all the episodes. <laughs> That's right. So we're only watching the pilot, but it is like an 80 to 90 minute pilot. Yeah. So the pilot is a movie. Kind Pretty of. much. Yeah. yeah. So watch it with us. We're going to be talking about that next week. Also, if there is one thing that you watch with us in the history of this podcast. Holy shit. Let it be Mr. Robot. Dial it down a little. Let it be Mr. Robot. Oh I cannot underestimate how important it is for anyone to watch this show. Till next week, when Ivana goes crazy. <laughs> it's going to be like a love letter. <laughs> love letter to Mr. Robot. Another episode comes to a close. And that's it. I always have so much fun doing these episodes. Thanks I know. For, they're so much fun. I love it. But once we start talking about things, we get so heated. And I just, I love spending the time. It's great, great time hanging out. So thanks for. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing the 29th episode. Next time we're going to do a 30th. Oh my God. Next week we're going to be so We're going to be old. Old. <laughs> so if you'd like to reach out to our old podcast now, you can still reach us at friendselephants.com. Com. Or Facebook slash Friends Elephant. You can email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. And please take some time this week. Go over to iTunes and rate us. We really, really, really could use your support in the form of a rating. An honest rating. Whatever you think we deserve, that's what we want to get. We've actually seen some great ratings from people in the past and... Uh, you know, we would love it if you haven't done so already. Maybe just take a minute and do that because it really does help the show grow. So that's it. That is this week's episode. I uh, hope we didn't go too, too long. <laughs> There's no such thing. Oh, my gosh. When I'm we sure started somebody would show, say there is. When the, we started the show, we were like 20 minutes, just like a sitcom. And now it's like half hour drama length. And then like the last couple have been like close to 40 minutes. I'm okay just, with this. I know you're okay. I'm just trying to protect the listener from you and me and our babbling. You know what? We want to know, is the show too long? <laughs> Or is it good as is? That's a great question. Great feedback. And we still don't have a sign off. So um, to close it off today, I would like to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year.